Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the JMO Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Michaels, and our guest this week, we've got TJ Erickson from Park Rapids, Minnesota. It's TJ's first time on. And uh, TJ, he's a school teacher over there in Park Rapids, but he guides in the summertime. He spends a lot of time in the winter fishing and making YouTube content, very educational a really great YouTube content. Honestly, I couldn't say enough about it. If you are listening to this show and enjoying the learning and the technical information, TJ's YouTube channel is for you. Uh, he's got some really, really great educational YouTube videos up there on all kinds of stuff, really. This is for TJ's first time on, so we got to get to know him. And this conversation got long. So this is a two-part series. This week is part one. And we're going to talk about Lake of the Woods. TJ was born and raised fishing on Lake of the Woods, and he's got some really, really fun, interesting takes on Lake of the Woods. So we're going to dig into some really, really great information on Lake of the Woods this week. And then next week, we're going to cover some completely different topics. So really looking forward to both. That being said, this week, we've got TJ Erickson from TJ's Guide Service, YouTuber and guide in Park Rapids, Minnesota. Let's get into the interview. Walk me through kind of the the history of yourself and your fishing career, and, and and you know, kind of finishing up with where we're at today. Yeah, you bet. And so I grew up up in Roseau, Minnesota. You know, twenty minutes away from Lake of the Woods, and I actually grew up on the mighty Roseau River. So that is a little river flowing through Roseau, and I spent my whole life growing up before I could drive on that river. We had a little twelve foot boat with a two horse Johnson on it. And we had actually had the dam, the Roseau dam on one side of my house. So I could literally only go one direction and I would fish that same stretch of river every single day, all summer long. And I could only get so far. So I was probably catching the same pike day after day in the same areas, but that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to be on the water. I wanted to be fishing. And so I spent the majority of my childhood fishing the Rosa River. You know, I go with my dad every once in a while on the river. We go out on Lake in the Woods as well. Um, and we did a lot of ice fishing on Lake in the Woods. For whatever reason, that kind of boat or better for our schedules. We did some summer fishing too um, out of the boat. But for the majority of my childhood, a lot of fishing on the river and then a lot of ice fishing on Lake in the Woods. As I got older, once I got my license, my dad let me take the boat, take his pickup, and I was fishing Lake in the Woods all the time. So as soon as I got old enough, I was driving there with our pickups, you know, that was back before there was a lot of plowed roads on Lake of the Woods. So we would take our pickups, Baja across the lake, fish in Lake of the Woods. We'd go all over the place, had all sorts of adventures, getting stuck like crazy. I mean, it was sometimes stuff of uh, comedy for sure. But like I said, as I got old enough to do that, I fished Lake of the Woods all the time on my own, you know, taking the boat out. My dad's old 1983 Luntai, it was just a classic out there. So we spent a lot of time with my buddies, just spending time out on the water. And Lake of the Woods has changed so much now, as opposed to when I was growing up 15, 20 years ago, you know, that lake has changed a lot with fishing pressure, with roads, with all of that, you know, and we can get into some of that later. Uh, But most of my childhood, most of my adult life moving into high school was spent on Lake of the Woods. You know, went off to college, um, came back and fished Lake of the Woods still a ton. And then as got uh, graduated from college my wife and i got teaching jobs over in park rapids minnesota here so we moved to park rapids and started fishing around here and quickly realized that i had a lot to learn about these lakes fishing lake in the woods is a different beast 
than most of the other lakes in Lake of the Woods. And so I actually started teaching here, started fishing as much as I possibly could. I met some other guides from the area. Um, actually, Jason Durham, I believe he's been on the podcast before. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Him. He's a good buddy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's a great guy. So um, he actually called me one day. He was like, hey, so I hear you're interested in guiding. And I was like, well, yeah. He's like, perfect. We need more guides. So he really kind of helped take me under his wing. And he's just been an awesome help for me, uh, both in guiding and just kind of navigating the fishing industry in general. Uh, so big thanks to Jason Durham on that one. And so he really helped kind of kick things off. You know, him and Jeremy Anderson in this area were the only two guides for a long time. And now there's been a handful of us younger guys kind of coming in and guiding as well. And I do have to say, we just had an awesome group of guides in our area. Uh, we all work so closely together. We're talking all the time in the summer, helping each other out, because honestly, we have one goal in the summer, and that is to give our clients the best experience possible. And whether that's sharing information, sharing, you know, if we can't do trips. Uh, so I really can't say enough about the group of guides that we have, because I think that's kind of a unique thing um, from what I'm hearing is the group that we have so close. We all fish together. We're all buddies. And a lot of that is because of Durham, you know, he's kind of set the precedent of, Hey, he's been doing it forever. He's an incredible fishing mind and he has been so generous and just you know, willing to share to all of us. So that has been a great help. So started doing the guiding actually probably started a little earlier than I was ready. I just kind of hopped right in head first, even with only a few summers under my belt fishing the area. And which was a good thing because honestly, that just made me have to spend every second on the water. And so over the first couple of years living in Park Rapids, honestly, the time in the summer from dawn till dusk, I was on the water. And I learned so much in those first few years, especially those first few years guiding. And it was just really an incredible experience because like I said, fishing Lake of the Woods, I had a lot to learn. <laughs> I, I was fishing a lot of different areas, fishing a lot of different things that I had never fished before, fishing walleyes in the weeds. I was like, what does that even mean? You know, I, it's just a whole different ball game. I got into uh, fishing some walleye leagues, which helped me learn, learn a ton because it forced me to fish some lakes that I wasn't comfortable with. And that was very helpful. And yeah, so starting in some of that guiding thing, it was a really good start. It got super busy, super fast, which was really cool to see. And so, you know, probably a few years back, I um, started a YouTube channel. I was like, okay, I've always loved filming. Like even when I was going to school in North Dakota for a little while, I, uh, I filmed my bird hunts over there. I was just filming anything, you know, I just loved that aspect of it and ne never really had done anything with it. And so I was like, you know what? I get people asking me a lot of questions. Like I should film some of these videos. One, to help give back because I've watched so many videos on YouTube and that has honestly helped expedite my learning so much. So I was like, I want to help one give back Two, i just love sharing these adventures and three i love going back and watching these adventures you know especially if there's fish videos with my dad or with my family or whatever it is i love going back and watching those experiences um, and just really documenting them for myself so started that a few years ago with really no idea what was what i was doing what was going on didn't know you could make money doing youtube didn't know anything like that and uh, so that's been a really fun journey as well just kind of filming videos and i do most of that in the winter time simply because the, the summer gets so busy with guiding. I try to squeak in a few videos here and there, but the majority of my filming is done in the winter because I don't guide as much uh, through the ice. So started that and ever since then, been teaching during the school year, guiding in the summer times and pretty much uh, making videos any chance that I can get. That's been my life as far as fishing goes. Like looking back and describing yourself when you were really learning a lot, like like right at the time in your career when 
your fishing life when you when the the learning curve was starting to get steep and you were starting to catch some fish, right? Your young adult life. Talk to me a little bit about that time in your life on Lake of the Woods. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Lake of the Woods is such a unique beast. And one of the things that I think draws a lot of people to Lake of the Woods is you can go there with relatively little knowledge and relatively little info and catch fish, you know, where, where I'm at now in Park Rapids, it's not always the same way. Um, and so growing up, I had definitely some insight, you know, from growing up from my dad, from uh, my dad owns a hardware store up in Rosa. So, you know, he'd always be talking with people. He'd be talking fishing. So I had, Oh, have you heard anybody catching fish? You know, that sort of thing. Um, and so we had some ideas of things that we've kind of caught fish, you know, especially in the winter, but honestly, for me, I, I remember so many times I would literally, me and my buddy would get into a pickup uh, when it was ice fishing season and we would just drive. You know, there's some reefs out there. I was like, oh, I think there's a reef somewhere around here. This was, we didn't have mapping. We didn't have anything. You know, we, we were just driving. Okay, there's a few houses out and around. And back then there wasn't roads plowed out. There wasn't resorts going to some of these, you know, a little bit further away places. So we just drive, shovel ourselves out. It would be a whole day adventure. And I'm not kidding you. Sometimes we would just, okay, this looks about right. And we would just catch fish. And it's, it's definitely changed, but I'm not kidding you. I don't know how many times we went out and we were just driving and then we figured out where we go. You know, as I got older, the really big change started happening once I started getting some better mapping and just really figuring out this lake, you know, then we started looking at, I'm a structure fisherman. I love fishing structure. You know, we started looking at some of these maps. We started looking at, okay, Oh, we've caught some fish here before. Oh, this is, ah, this makes sense. This is why we caught fish here. Um, so once it got to be that, then I started feeling like, oh, I'm actually making an impact in the fish that I'm catching. You know, instead of just, all right, we're going to drive out the pickup. Ah, there's a few houses here or driving out the boat. Like, okay, I can see that point of land. I can see this point of land. This is about where we want to be, you know, finding which depth we want to be at. And so that was a lot of it. Once we started getting some good mapping, being able to figure out, okay, where are these places on these pieces of structure that, you know, fish are congregating to? Where are these pieces, these fish relating to? How are they moving throughout the day? And really started to be able to put some pieces together of like, oh, that's a pattern now that we can follow. This wasn't just a freak incident. This wasn't just a flat that we can randomly go out and fish because there is a lot of that on Lake of the Woods. And we can talk about that in a little bit here too. Um, But it was really being able to put some patterns together of like, huh, now, you know, being able to compare with buddies or whatever, like, oh, we were catching more fish than most of the people we were talking to. Okay, that helps us put a pattern together. And that is really when the learning start and really kind of when that addiction began of like, oh, man, you know, I noticed if I got on this inside bend or this point, that's when we had luck throughout the whole day. Uh, so that, that is kind of how that, I grew up doing that and just really learning Lake of the Woods because it's, it's a big, big oh, body of water. Huge. Huge, and man. every part of that lake is different. You know, there's areas that are more flats. There's areas that are more rocks. There's the Northwest Angle, which is a whole other ball game. You know, so it's it's a really really cool lake, and you could spend a lifetime fishing it. Um, but in the same breath, it's a very easy lake to go out with relatively little information and be able to catch some fish, which is um, obviously a huge allure to to Lake of the Woods right there. The JMO podcast is sponsored by Long Haul Trucking. Long Haul's always looking for more skilled professional CDL drivers to join their team. 
They're a people-first company, and it shows. Their employee-owned, asset-based fleet of over 350 Conestogas is among industry leaders in pay and benefits geared towards long-term success and growth for company drivers and owner-operators. If you're a professional driver or a company that wants to ship product with the best in the business, get a hold of Long Haul at 1-800-255-5153 or find them online at longhaultrucking.com. Long Haul, running on the power of promises kept. Talk to me about the diversity that's out there, because I think, um, you know, when I when I grew up listening to or watching Lake of the Woods or before I had ever fished it even, and even after I'd fished it a few times, you know, everybody just talked about the flats and the mud flats and just the, you know, drilling endless amounts of holes to find activity in areas, you know, and you just kind of run traffic. And it wasn't until much later that I was really kind of like, you know, uh, exposed to you know, the, the, the reefs and the, you know, the rock structure and that the, there's just so much more going on on Lake of the Woods than I think most average anglers that haven't been there a lot uh, would know and understand. So that's kind of why I just want to have you maybe break down the diversity of structure that's out there and just some of the things that you pay attention to. And then we'll pick some of your favorite stuff and we'll pick that apart. Yeah, you bet. And so as far as Lake of the Woods, I personally kind of break it down into four-ish areas. You know, this is no hard and fast rule. This is nothing that's set in stone. This is just something that I do in my own head. You know, I grew up fishing a lot of the west and the central areas. So when I'm talking the west part of Lake of the Woods, I'm talking, you know, the Warroad area, Spring Steel, Swift Ditch. And a lot of that is flats, um, you know, just slow, gradual flats. There are a couple reefs that are out there, um, which can be very good. and there, but that is a lot of that west side of the lake. And that, that was closest for me. You know, world is only 20 minutes from Rozo, so we'd be on the lake in no time, you know. And so that is kind of that area you get over to, you know, south tip of Buffalo, some of that. But a lot of that is those general, just gradual flats, and those fish can cruise everywhere. They will get schooled up and hang out around some of those pieces of structure out of Warroad, out of Spring Seal, and in that part of the basin there. Um, but then you move over a little further east and you have what I like to call the central. So, you know, if you look at Lake of the Woods, you see your two kind of big bays, I guess you would call them. And then there's like a point coming up in the middle as, as far as the south side of the lake goes, uh, which is what probably the majority of, of anglers do fish. And so your central part of the lake, you have that little point that sticks out. And on there is that long point and rocky point area. And that is one of my favorite areas because that is where the, that is the majority of the structure, I would say. Um, you know, you go to Long Point, that's a little bit more on the east side of that point. You go out of Rocky Point, that's a little more on the west side of the point. And that area has a ton of reefs, especially out of that Rocky Point um, specifically. Ton of reefs, ton of different structure. It's just a lot of fun to fish because it's one of those areas that you feel like, okay, I'm not just gonna go out, drill some holes and spend a day there. You could spend, a week, a month, a whole winter drilling around on all these different pieces of structure. So that one isn't a lot of fun. And for me, I still um, enjoy it because out of the Rocky Point area specifically, there's not, you know, this huge expanse of roads. There's more track vehicles, snowmobiles, that kind of stuff that they allow out there. Um, you know, as you move over to, to Long Point, that does have a more, little bit more extensive plowed road system. And that is a combination of fishing some reefs, but also fishing some of those, you know, more flat areas. So that's kind of like that central area, more of the rocks, more of the reefs, 
more of that around that. And then as you move further east, you know, that is probably the area that gets fished the most. You get over to Zippo Bay, to Morris Point, over into the Four Mile Bay, where there's a ton of, you know, resorts that flow in, especially off of the Rainy River there. And so the further east you get that, those have so many road systems in the winter. They have road systems now that go 20 miles north. You know, it's so different from when I grew up. But that area is, there's a little bit of structure around there, especially as you get further north. Um, but that is a lot of flats. You know, so a lot of times it's pretty easy for people to come up with their pickup, with their ice castle, drive out, just try to find the right depth. You know, that growing up, that's all you heard. What depth are the fish biting? Because if you could find the right depth, there's generally going to be these massive schools of fish just roaming that depth. Um, so you can get on fish. And the one thing that's really cool about Lake of the Woods is, you know, you can have consistent action throughout the whole day. You know, when you're talking walleyes, especially around this area, you're looking at your smaller bite windows, you know, your typical walleye patterns. But I mean, you know, even recently, that 11 to 4, that middle of the day when most people are like, ah, the walleyes don't bite then, that can be some of your best bite windows. So those flats, you know, the one thing that does get to be a little bit dangerous this time of year is as those fish move, we'll talk a little bit more when we talk more patterns too, but they just move up to some of that deeper water, uh, which can be a little bit more, I don't know, I would say threatening to the fish. Um, but like I said, we can talk about that a little bit more later. So those are west, central, east, moving into that more flat area. And then you have what I call the north section, the northwest angle, you know, and that is one of my favorite areas, partially because that is still one of the areas that's left, I wouldn't say untouched by any means, but it's a little bit less um, you know, inundated with the wheelhouses, with all of that. And it feels like you're a little bit getting away. And not only that, but it has some awesome structure up and around there. And being around in the islands is just the coolest. I love that feel like you're just up north fishing in the islands. You know, there is a little bit of danger there with some of the current. So, you know, if you're heading up to the Northwest Angle area, uh, be careful about that. But that Northwest Angle is such a cool area. And we've done a yearly trip there for, for quite a long time. Um, and we used to do day trips, taking the snowmobiles up there. And it's quite a snowmobile ride, but it is such a cool area. So, yeah, those are kind of the general areas. You know, your west, a lot of flats, a little bit of reefs. That central area has a lot more of those reefs of that structure. And then your east being more of those flats as well. Then moving over to the northwest angle with tons of rocks, tons of structure. Just a really cool area. Yeah, yeah. Let's... Uh we're not going to have enough time to break the whole thing down. Right. Like, and, 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 right. and like that, that's like the big point is like no one person probably knows enough about the entire lake to speak on it all. But you said, you know, like, you know, kind of closer to where you grew up and, and more accessible, you know, area that you really like to fish being a structure fisherman, being kind of that West central uh, portion um, of Lake of the woods, you know, you know, that Rocky point area and things like that. Break that down for me a little bit. Let, let's kind of start our, our our discussion right there where we start breaking some stuff down a little bit more specifically. And so I want you to go into that, uh, you know, what, what you like about the structure fishing on Lake of the Woods and, and uh, you know, just kind of what that looks like for you, you know, over the years, what have you learned that, you know, to be the recipe for success in that area? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I... Like I said, I'm a structure fisherman. I love it. I love being able to feel like you're putting yourself in a better position as opposed to just going out to a flat and, all right, hope the, sw the fish swim by. Being able, you know, that's all of what hunting, fishing is. You feel like you're outsmarting the animal, you know. So that's part of the reason why I love structure fishing. And it's just always something you can learn. You know, it doesn't feel like 
I don't know if I, I wouldn't call it lazy fishing, but you know, it just doesn't feel like, all right, we're just going to go out here and give it a shot. You feel like you're doing something. So I love fishing, fishing structure. And honestly, structure on Lake of the Woods is one of those things that you can almost catch fish all year round, uh, which is really cool. And another reason why I love it, you know, your typical patterns, you know, that early in the year, those fish, when you're talking flat specifically are up a little bit earlier, but you can have some amazing days. First ice, you know, you can only get snowmobiles out there as soon as you can get out, getting out some of those pieces of structure early can produce some awesome days. Otherwise, you know, you're looking in some of those shallower flats as the winter moves on those big, massive schools of fish that are out there, they generally start to move um, a little bit deeper and they are also still going to be around some of that structure. And so when I'm looking at some of these pieces of structure and one of the things that's really cool is I've been able to see growing up, you know, here's some of the waypoints that we had on these pieces of structure and the mapping was pretty good, but now being able to go back and in the summertime specifically go out with my side imaging, go out with my live scope and just see, okay, wow this is why these fish are around here and this is what they're doing. And this is, you know, it just really opens up your mind to be like, Whoa, that is not what I expected. Like, Oh, there's a giant boulder right there. Or that's more of that shoal rock. This one is more rubble and you can really put some pieces together um, as far as what these fish are biting on. So, you know, when I'm, when I'm looking at these pieces of structure and trying to break them down specifically, I'm looking at my high traffic areas, you know, when I'm talking high traffic areas, I'm talking, you know, your steep breaks, you know, I'm talking anytime there's an inside bend, I love fishing those inside bends. It just feels like it's something I can kind of corral these fish. Um, those tips of the points, you know, if there's a point sticking off of a giant reef, that right at the tip can sometimes be awesome. You know, just those, I wouldn't, you know, maybe call them spot on the spots, but those high traffic areas, another one that I really love is any sort of saddle. You know, when you have two humps or two higher parts of the reef, those fish, just those natural alleyways for these fish to be moving because one thing that I've noticed is kind of like in the summertime, these fish move a lot. They'll move on and off the structure back and forth and then also just move around the structure. So if you can find where like some of these natural alleys that these fish are moving on, that is when you can have a high percentage of fish being in your area throughout most of the day. For example, I was actually just up on Lake of the Woods. I went back home for Christmas and uh, went out fishing with the family. And it was really interesting. We were fishing, you know, one of our favorite reefs and um, we were out. I was fishing on an area that was like kind of an inside bend, but you could see on my live scope right where this rock pile, this rock stopped and it hit the mud. And I'm not kidding you. I could see fish cruising literally as tight as you can get right to that rock. And I had action consistently throughout the whole day. I was catching fish now given the size structure wasn't great, which is, has been a pattern of Lake of the Woods, you know, in the recent years, that size structure going down. Um, still caught some nice fish, but I had consistent action throughout the whole day. My family, you know, we had three other houses out. They were within 30 yards of me. One was on top of this reef. One was a little bit off the, in the mud a little bit more. And they caught a few fish, but, you know, they maybe caught a handful of fish. And I was honestly catching fish consistently throughout the day and being able to put that piece together of like, oh, those fish literally wanted where that reef connected to the mud. That's not always the case, but for that day, that was a huge, this was not a big reef. It wasn't a huge expansive area, but these fish were cruising right along that drop off, right where it connected them up to the mud there. So those transitions are huge. You know, we talk about that all the time in the summer too. Rock to weed transition, rock to mud transition, sand to mud, all those transition areas are huge. So those high traffic areas, steep breaks, inside bends, those points, um, those are some of my favorite areas to fish. 
And one of the things that I have noticed, it's really interesting to see, you know, over the years how Lake of the Woods has changed and all these, you know, go through their transitions. Um, but I would definitely say when we're talking specifically ice fishing now, um, ever since kind of the advent of the wheelhouses, the plowed road systems, you know, just incredible pressure on Lake of the Woods, I have noticed a difference specifically fishing reefs. You know, growing up, we could go to these reefs consistently throughout the whole summer. You know, there'd be maybe half a dozen other portables out there, that kind of thing, people that were willing to make that venture out. And we saw a distinct change. Once there started to be more roads plowed, some of that, um, we noticed that these fish would almost get pressured off of these reefs. So we would have, it started getting shorter and shorter. As soon as we could get out there, the reefs would be really good and we'd be catching lots of fish. And then maybe it was January, you know, we got a good month, maybe a few weeks. And then January, those fish started getting pushed. It's almost like they get pushed off of the reefs, whether it's the noise or the pressure or whatever it is, they kind of get pushed off into those flats. Not saying that they won't be back and you can't catch fish there because we've had still to this day had some very incredible days fishing some of those reefs, even since more pressure. Um, but that is one pattern, one change that I have noticed is instead of being able to go to those same areas consistently throughout the whole winter, it does seem like those fish do get spooked off a little bit. And so then we've started moving out off of those reefs into some of the more random flats. And in fact, last year, my brother and my dad went out and they, it was almost like a little bit of an experiment. You know, we talked earlier about experimenting with the nighttime bite. They kind of did the same thing. They said, we're going to go off as far away from any house that we can go. We're going to go off in the middle of nowhere and we're just going to see. So they went out far from anyone, just in the middle of these flats. And I'm not kidding you, they caught fish. And they went back a couple weeks later, they caught fish again. And so it's a really interesting pattern that we're seeing. And that is again, why I think so many people do like going up to Lake of the Woods, because you can go do that. You can go drive out and just fish. I mean, you're not going to catch fish every time, but you're going to have a pretty good percentage of time when you can go out and you can get enough for a meal. You can go out, you can have some good action. You can get some kids on some fish. Um, so as far as fishing structure goes, that's my favorite because you can really pinpoint those areas of like, oh, awesome. I had so much better luck here as opposed to here because of this transition, because of this steep break, because of this point. So that is one of my fascinations with structure is just that ability to really dial in what these fish are looking for and really being able to feel like you're outsmarting these fish, um, just giving your, your, uh, yourself a best chance to put your bait in front of fish because ultimately there's nothing that's ever going to make these fish bite even with the advent of technology side imaging you know your live scope you can find the fish nothing's ever going to make them bite but if you can get in these high traffic areas be, having your bait in front of fish for longer periods of time is never a bad thing <laughs> yeah 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 there's a couple of awesome points in there that i want to i want to break down a little bit more um you know and one of those was you know, you're talking about the fish patterns and the consistency uh, of those patterns is what I'm curious about, right? Like, yes, the, the you know, the more and more uh, participation out on the water, you know, the bigger the traffic, the more noise we put on the ice is moving fish. Those are some really popular conversations anywhere in ice fishing country for all kinds of species. And, you know, walleyes on Lake of the Woods, you know, no different. It's like if you can be the first one there. You know, I think we can sort of make sense of that, but the the more so the detailed pattern that you talked about with those transition lines where you, you really dialed in where the fish were going to be uh, or where the fish were active that day, tight to that, that mud transition line. But 
Would you say that that's pretty consistent? Like if you were to discover that, do you ever try to replicate that, you know, later on in the afternoon on a different spot or the next day? Or do those do those patterns really change day to day, week to week? Talk about the consistency of it. When you get, you know, in your lifetime, you know, you, you fished many seasons out there, many days per season out there. You get to the end of the year, do you look back and think, gosh, you know, I caught a lot more fish this year out on the mud you know, in my good mud spots or, or, or do, do, is it really a balanced variety? Talk to me about that in terms of the consistency of the patterns that you do find. Yeah, absolutely. And that has changed so much from year to year. And, you know, being able to fish it so much growing up as compared to, you know, now I can go up and fish a handful of days um, or a handful of trips up there in the winter time. So it's, things have changed and, but it's still, even though I don't get to fish as much up there as I was, as I used to, the technology that we have now, I feel like I still learn just as much. And every time I go up, I learn something different and fishing as always is a timing thing. You know, you could go it up there and go the next day and there could be nothing moving on those brake lines, um, nothing moving on that transition line. But that is a fairly consistent pattern. You know, I'll give you a couple examples that, last week or uh what was it over christmas you know about a week ago when i was with my family that was that specific pattern that day where they were cruising right on that edge um another one that i really thought was cool is there was another reef that we had been fishing and for whatever reason there was one area on that reef that was much more consistent and we were this is more where we were sitting on top of the reef you know we were sitting kind of on a long finger and we were on top. So it wasn't necessarily that mud transition. It wasn't. And so I was always so curious, like what, what is here? What is here? Is it a boulder? Is it what? And one thing I, I got to go back up there in the summer and we were fishing in that area and I was driving over the side imaging and it was a really cool kind of, I don't know, I would say interesting point to me is as I was driving over, I got to see with my side imaging right where my waypoint was, there was this huge like flat piece of like shoal almost, you know, like your big flat rock that you see up in Canada. Um, and right where that kind of stopped, maybe not stopped, but went under, then there was all these like bigger rocks. So it was that transition again. So for me, without having that side imaging, I was like, okay, I'm just up on top of this reef. There's nothing specific that's making these fish stick right here. When I got to go back with my side imaging, I got to see there's this transition of this flat rock face, that Canadian shield type rock, then it transitions to these boulders, to this rock, not necessarily rubble, but you know, some bigger size rocks. And these fish were just cruising that. Um, and that was a pattern that has been decently replicated, which part of it wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't planning on replicating that, but it was just going back and looking at some of these areas that I had fished and seeing like, oh, that's why. So that's one of the things that I love to do in the summertime. I will put those in the back of my mind when I'm fishing structure, when I'm out on Lake of the Woods, even back on my home waters here now with Park Rapids, like when I'm fishing these waters, I see something. I need to remember that. You can mark a waypoint, whatever it is, you know, you can change your waypoints to be for summer, for winter. So mark that so that way you can come back to that in the winter because that is another transition that I've seen. Yeah, and on top yeah. of that, another interesting transition that has been consistent is, you know, say we're working on these pieces of structure those brake lines off of those structure, one of the patterns that we've seen more recently, specifically now with live scope is those fish will cruise those pieces of structure and those brake lines, but not necessarily right on the brake lines. We will see them cruising halfway down 
and they're still following those brake lines, even though they're halfway down the water column. And that has been a really, you know, you'd see those as a flash before, you know, on your traditional flasher or whatever it was. And oftentimes you won't be able to get up in time, but now when you can see them coming and you can see these fish cruising through, you can get up and they're oftentimes big walleyes. And so that is another pattern that we're starting to explore a little bit more is, okay, these fish are still using these transitions, whether it's that rock to mud or whatever it is, but they can be up a little bit. You know, you see that often in the summertime, um, but that is a pattern that we're starting to see in the wintertime a little bit too. But being able to take those over and from reef to reef, there's definitely those general rules of thumb of some of those uh, transitions and some of those steep breaks and some of those inside turns, some of those that I talked about, those are some consistencies. But you'll notice, especially with your electronics, that each reef has its own little set of diversity of the rocks, the shoal rock, the whatever it is, transition to mud, transition to sand. And so being able to kind of break those apart, but anytime you can find those transitions or anytime you can find that high traffic area or something that's just going to stand out a little bit in um, one of my videos, you know, I talk about being on top of these flats and sometimes on your map, you will literally see a, like a small circle. Like it does, it's not a break line, it's not anything. It looks like just maybe you're sitting on top of this reef and you see this small circle and then you actually drive over with your boat or with your live scope or whatever and you see that, oh, there's actually like a little pile of rocks here. There's, you know, that when they were doing the mapping, something showed up. And so on top of those reefs, there's sometimes those little spot on the spots as well that you can see that will definitely have a higher traffic and a higher percentage of area where those fish are going to be hanging out. If you have any fishing memory that you would like to commemorate or have questions about commemorating a fishing memory with a replica made of any fish that has ever graced your net, get in touch with Rizavi Fish Replicas owned and operated by Jamie Rizavi over in uh, New Rockford, North Dakota at Rizavi Taxidermy Studio. You can find them online at RizaviTaxidermyStudio.com find them on Facebook at Rizavi Taxidermy Studio. You can see the pictures here at the JMO headquarters in Devil's Lake. We have some phenomenal replicas made by Jamie and his crew hanging on our walls, which we absolutely love. They look absolutely perfect, just like the fish that were reeled in that day. And every chance we get to go in and admire them and tell those stories and share those stories with each other, we absolutely do. Again, if you want or if you have any questions about getting a fish replica made to commemorate any great trophy memory you have of fishing get in touch with jamie rizvi at rizvi fish replicas you won't be disappointed you know one thing i wanted to break down a little bit while we're talking about structure we're talking about fish patterns you know you kind of brought up the size structure out on lake of the woods right like i think lake of the woods is known for a lot of eater fish and people that go there you know, it, if they don't ever get into the nicer fish, you know, Lake of the Woods can be considered a place to go catch a bunch of small fish. You know, they're kind of a lot of dinks out there, but numbers are good. But, you know, there's always a chance for a lottery bite because there's, man, there's just a lot of really big fish out there. Um, talk to me about that size structure thing. Is there anything about that for you that you pay attention to when you're breaking down these patterns? Like if you catch X amount of small fish, do you move along because it just ain't right? Or do you feel like the good spots, you just have to sift through smaller fish and, and the, the nicer fish will add up. Talk to me about that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a very interesting note because that is one of the things that I feel like has changed significantly over the last five, 10 years. Um, and I'll speak to that a little bit, even, you know, we were fishing that reef last week, say five, 10 years ago when we would fish there, we might have just as much action, but I would say 
90% of those fish were 15 to 20 inches. And, you know, we'd maybe catch a few that are in the slot, you know, on Lake of the Woods and catch some of those bigger fish. And, and we'd catch a handful of dinks, you know, a handful of those 10, 12 inches, you know. When I was out this last time, similar area, similar structure, um, it was really interesting. I would say, um, I would say 90% of my fish were almost 12 inches or less. And which has not been the common theme for me growing up. Uh, we did catch some nice fish still. So we're start, starting to see a little bit more of a disparity in those size, that size structure. Uh, in Lake of the Woods, we're seeing a ton of small fish. And we're still seeing some very, very good fish. Those eater-sized fish have been tough to come by. And, you know, people can debate on what is the cause of that. You see people doing that all the time. Um, I'm not going to necessarily say what it is or what it isn't because I'm, you know, not the biologist on that, but that's one of my observations is that those good quality eaters are harder and harder to come by. Um, I will say one of the patterns that I see is when you're fishing more of the mud, fishing more of those flats, more of that deeper stuff that you're just, they have these giant schools of fish that just cruise all around that mud basin essentially. And those can be very good for action. I would say you're going to catch a higher percentage of smaller fish. There's going to be times where you get around the right school of fish and you're going to get some great eaters, uh, but you're going to catch, and you hear that a lot, a lot of small saugers, a lot of small walleyes. You know, we caught a hundred fish, but we were able to keep four, you know, something like that. You hear those stories a lot. And that is a pattern that we're starting to see emerge on a lot of those mud flats areas. And then you all of a sudden they'll catch a 28 incher, you know, they'll catch a 30 incher because there's still those big fish. And, you know, part of that is with that protected slot is keeping those fish in, which is great to see that, that those size are still in, and they're still in decent numbers because those flats, you see a lot of small ones and then you'll see some studs being caught. I would say on the structure, in my experience, I have seen a better average size you would, you maybe get a little bit more of the eater size fish. You will still catch some smaller fish. Actually, this last time that I was out, that is the highest percentage of small fish that I think I've ever caught in my life fishing some of the structure. Um, and you have a chance of catching some big ones still there. So I would say the average size is higher on the reefs. You see maybe more low end and more high end because those big fish are just cruising those flats as well out in those flats. But the structure you see that good eater size and even into some of those, you know, 20, 20 plus inches into those high 20s as well. So it's definitely interesting and something that is constantly evolving. And, you know, that is all anecdotal evidence because it's just from my observations. And, but I, that is some consistent patterns that I'm starting to hear, even from a lot of other anglers fishing Lake of the Woods. But it's, as far as, uh, if I catch a lot of small fish, do I leave? No, not necessarily, because you could catch a six inch walleye and then immediately catch a 28 inch walleye, you know, and it's, so I don't take a whole lot of notion. One of the things that I notice is the typical pattern, the deeper that you get, the more small saugers you're going to get. Um, that is, that has long been kind of a pattern on Lake of the Woods. Um, and that is, is one of the things that, like I said before, I'm not going to get too much into that, but just that deep water fishing, I think is starting to become a little bit of an issue um, because a lot of those fish move to that 30 to 35 feet. Um, just roaming that basin and that's where you can get some good action uh, but then we start to wonder about the impacts of barotrauma and that's still being studied and heavily debated and and all of that just like it is everywhere kind of in the ice fishing community so those are some of the some of the patterns that i'm seeing some of the you know interesting observations and even some of the maybe concerns that i have moving forward
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, for me, you know, anytime I do ask questions about water depth, you know, like, you know, what's your sweet spot for depth? You know, what what kind of info can or insight can you give us on water depth? Usually, you know, for me, I'm I'm more interested or just more interesting to me, I think, to talk about how shallow you're willing to go. You know, mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, I think this shallow water bite is super interesting, man. Is there anything like that out on Lake of the Woods that is kind of a talker for you? Yeah, and that is something that I would love to spend more time doing. There's definitely a shallow water bite, both in the summer and in the winter. It doesn't get hit nearly as hard. In fact, one of the things that you see often is even resorts doing this, they'll have their day or their like overnight houses. A lot of people will move deeper during the day, but there is a shallow water bite, you know, that sometimes even as shallow as five feet, which is, you know, crazy for Lake of the Woods. I never would have thought that growing up, but five to 15 feet, even in the 20 feet, um, that, I guess that would, what I would be called shallow for Lake of the Woods, but moving up that evening bite. So you can, they, a lot of times people fish deeper during the day and move up shallower during the night. Um, and that is a really interesting pattern that's kind of developed. And, you know, more and more people are starting to do that. And when you get that shallow water bite, it definitely seems that the quality of fish is bigger. Um, you know, it's tough when people are going up and they're going to spend a weekend there and they don't have a portable to move around. It's not as mobile. It's tough to do that. You kind of just got to pick one spot, but if you're able to be mobile, being able to go to those shallow areas and just give it a shot, it's tougher because you can strike out and you feel like, okay, I'm trying something a little different. That's not as tried and true. And it can sometimes not sit as well with you, but if you can get in those shallow water areas and all of a sudden you catch a giant walleye or a giant pike, because there's plenty of those in Lake of the Woods too. Um, that is definitely a pattern is moving up shallower towards that evening time. You know, Lake of the Woods has not typically been known for an evening bite and after dark bite simply because of the cloudy and murky water. Um, there, since the advent of wheelhouses, there's been a lot more people spending nights. So you're hearing people catching fish after dark and every once in a while you hear of a really cool bite after dark, but for the vast majority that after dark bite isn't anything great, but that evening bite up in the shallower water um, and not even necessarily on structure. You will notice that on structure too. Those fish will move more towards the top um, as the evening goes on, but on those shallow flats, moving closer to that shoreline, uh, moving up a little bit shallow, those fish are moving around and getting a little bit more active feeding as that kind of night kind of falls in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, we don't have enough time to squeeze in this Lake of the Woods uh, conversation, like any more recommendations on setups or anything like that. But um, you've made some pretty sweet YouTube videos. Uh, so head over head over uh, to, your, to uh, your YouTube page and find some of the recommendations on that. We'll have you promote them. Um, if you go over to my YouTube channel at TJ's Guide Service, I have a three-part series on Lake of the Woods that talks about my favorite presentations, some of the spot on the spots that I fish on some of those pieces of structure, and then just kind of your Lake of the Woods 101. Like, here's what you need to know if you've never been here before. Um, so that's a great place to get a ton more information. There's all sorts of other videos on there. So that's a great place to go for some more tips, tricks, just some fun fishing videos. But otherwise, if you're looking to get in contact with me, you know, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at TJ's Guide Service. Um, email tjsguiding at gmail.com. If you're looking for trips in the summer, feel free to reach out. I'd love to take you out, check, show you what Park Rapids has to offer. And if you're looking uh, for the winter, I don't do quite as much ice fishing. That's when I film most of my YouTube content. Um, but feel free to reach out. I love talking fishing. I love every part of fishing. So if you have questions, people are reaching out to me all the time on YouTube, on Instagram. 